Sorry. Please. Okay, that's all right. <clears throat> you guys are really ruining my suspense here. I know. I, I, I must apologize. On behalf of Guide to the Unknown, we, <laughs> we apologize. <laughs> this is their first time doing this. I they don't. don't know yeah, we people. don't know what we're doing. They don't know. They don't know. <laughs> Hello, welcome to Guides the Unknown. I'm Kristen. And I'm her little brother, William. And this week we have two of our good friends, Chelsea Weber-Smith of American Hysteria and Jim Perry of Euphemet and Night Drift. Thank you both so much for being here. So excited to be here. These are two of our... I would say, I'm about to say in real life friends, although I have not met you literally physically in real life, but we talk besides shows and stuff. Uh-huh. And we thought that it would be fun to just have a little, a little state of the union, a state of the boonion about what we've all been enjoying. Have you met either of these people in person? No. Not never. Re- I've met both no. of them in person. Oh, that's yes. right. I forgot you have. I've seen we've each of these people in, in real life. Yeah. yeah. Confirm mm-hmm. flesh and blood bodies, not AI. That's right. Yeah. Tons of flesh. <laughs> You, you should have seen the flesh and blood. <laughs> so you can't be sure that I'm not AI, really. That's true. You don't, don't have know. concrete proof. Uh-uh. Um, so, uh, Jim, uh, let's start with you because you already said you would go first. Um, what have you been watching lately? <laughs> I've been watching that show Outer Range. As of last night, I finished, uh, I think I'm on the seventh episode or something. And okay. uh, without spoilers, and I'm interested to hear if you guys have also been watching this, but it's so there's so much to watch i'm sure you experience this you tell people like hey there's this really good thing they're like I, yeah just add it to the list like don't even tell me yeah without question. But, yeah. but i've been watching this show and it's just it's it's starting to it's frustrating because <laughs> it's it's just it's mystery after mystery Ooh. after mystery it's an onion that just it they don't start like peeling back the onion to reveal in yeah uh, the onion just like gains more layers oh so we're looking at like some sort of monster onion. Let's say something's wrong with this yeah. onion. Yeah, a onion. Some, yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. Like one of those, one of those. Like uh, it's a version of an onion that happens in another country, and you're like, I've never seen this type of onion. Doesn't exist. Like, <laughs> and to them, this? it's this totally normal. Thing. Yeah, and they're like, well, in Australia, it is. Sounds <laughs> like an artichoke, show. right? It's like an artichoke. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. like an artichoke. I think <laughs> this onion of outer range is actually an artichoke. I have to admit, uh, I weird, don't think I know what this show is. I don't okay, so either. You got uh it's on Amazon Prime. Okay. Uh free plug there for a little independent company. Yeah, exactly. All of us to <laughs> support it hero. in tough times. Good uh for you. Uh, yeah. Josh Brolin oh, is the star of it. They're out in, in the frontier in, in modern times, and a giant hole appears on their property, and then mystery ensues. Strange characters start coming to the range and interacting with him. And you essentially got uh, Mel's Hole uh, style mystery. Uh, but is it, the mystery is, it, is just mystery after yeah. mystery after mystery. Is it Very, sort of from the the Lost playbook, the the puzzle box sort of uh, uh, deep? Yes. Every time you solve one thing, you have to add two new mysteries. I think it was J.J. Abrams' methodology. It's it's that, but if somebody said like, you know that part about every mystery you solve and then you... No, just don't even worry about that. Just add another mystery. <laughs> oh, so it's the it's the final season of Lost. 
Yes. Kristen, this sounds like Pretty Little Liars. I was thinking the exact you were not. same thing, Chelsea. Of course I was. I, I was still engaged with Jim, of course. But I was thinking to myself, I have to talk to Chelsea about the Pretty Little Liars promotional. I can't wait until it's what my turn I to speak. Say? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I saw you tweet at Chelsea to be like, did you notice this? Because there was a new tra- trailer. And I think Chelsea, you were just like, yeah, fuck yeah, I'm on it. <laughs> it's like, all yeah. right. They're all, they're off. They're 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 in good shape. <laughs> oh yeah, we're fine. <laughs> so that's that's coming back, Pretty Little Liars. Oh yeah, July twenty eighth. Yeah, I still want to hear about Outer Range. We'll we'll get to Pretty Little Liars. <laughs> I I could have sworn that that was pretty done, wasn't it? I mean, yeah, it was pretty little done. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it ended a while ago, but they decided that we couldn't be without it. I'm gonna say something that I don't think spoils Pretty Little Liars. Okay, I don't think it does because I you you made me watch some stuff, and I you one time I just asked you to tell me everything, and mm-hmm. I, I I don't remember anything. All order. All yeah. All I remember is there's a mystery. Right. And somebody who goes by the initial A yes. is behind the scenes pulling the strings. Mm. Early on, they revealed who A was. Mm-hmm. And then somebody else started acting as A. Yeah. And then that wrapped up. And what <laughs> oh, I saw no. you tweet to uh-huh. Chelsea was a trailer that ends with uh, a letter that's like, I'm back, signed A. And I was like, which one? I heard there well, like five of them, and they they all were buttoned up. Well, it ended it ended very uh, problematically. One could say after oh. many many years, but that's okay. We're, we can't give it away. It's spoiler, problematic <laughs> spoiler. But no, they're coming back. Um, it's sort of unrelated. It's yeah. um, help me with his name. Uh, who are you thinking? Oh, um, uh, the director from Riverdale. What the hell is Roberto. this guy's name? Greg Berlanti. Oh. A Roberto and then something. Aguare. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Real <laughs> big fan was, of this guy. Yeah, clearly. Uh-huh. A huge fan um, of this person. I have no idea what their name is. But it's the Riverdale Sabrina okay. playbook. Um, yeah. So we're expecting, and it's going to be on HBO, so it's going to like go harder because the other mm-hmm. one was on ABC Family turned Freeform, which is a very different caliber of show. So it's like kind of a continuation. It sounds like, right, Kristen? It's like. Yes. I I think it's in a town nearby Rosewood. Um, And I but I don't think any of the original characters Mm -hmm. are involved. I think it's just that somebody is also going by a perhaps it's going to be like there's a copycat of Rosewood. Um, Uh, I mean, I I don't know that. But it seems like it might be a fresh. It's it's 100%. There's like enough. Like, yeah, but there is lore. Yeah. Established lore, I think. Yeah. I think so. And I know that I'm it's excited. very, oh, I'm very excited. It's very like mm-hmm. uh, multi generational. Like, I think that this A has a beef against the parents specifically, which oh was always God. a theory about Pretty Little Liars that it really had sure to do this is with an outer the range. <laughs> is, that, is that this something is that's thing. going down? Yeah, really? There's a mysterious A symbol that keeps like shifting its <gasps> meaning. And and we think it's the Abbots, but now we're not so sure. Is really? that actually true? And it's, it's true. Because <laughs> you know what? I just stopped because I just remember. I never I, know with this guy. <laughs> I know. I need to review the tape. Jim, I remember that in the episode that you, Chelsea, and I did a couple of years ago, you had me going about something. <laughs> and I don't remember what it was. Yeah, yeah. But I was like, really? Really? And then you're like, this is true. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, this This is true. Uh, yeah, so I, th- I think we've discovered that there's like some weird crossover. We're witnessing oh, yeah. the extension of the universe of Pretty Little Liars, mm. yes. and Josh mm-hmm. Brolin is in it now. And now yeah. there's a hole mm-hmm. in the back of the field, and 
just not wait. mad at any of that. It maybe leads you go, to Rosewood. Maybe right. you go through the hole, and it leads you to a town near Rosewood, Pennsylvania. There you go. Oh. Um, uh, <laughs> Love it. Good at we this. We figured it out. Yeah. Good at this. <laughs> How far in is Outer Range? Is that what it's called? Uh, How many they've seasons? Re- they've released the, just the first season. Okay. And I haven't watched the whole thing yet. But okay, but strong we'll recommend see. for where you're at now? Well, I don't know. I mean, if you want to keep being tricked for hours, <laughs> okay, then yeah. definitely check it out. Listen, the photography is beautiful. Yeah. You know, the, the acting is great. They have some great the actors technicals. in it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, wonderful. But if you're looking for answers, I'd suggest it's just like the paranormal. You're not going to find any. Yeah. Enjoy the experience. Isn't it funny that like in stories, uh, I've been thinking about this a lot, particularly lately. Um, It is rewarding in stories for things to make thematic sense and be tied up. It Mm. is uh, not rewarding in stories to never find out the answer, even though that's what real life does. Yes. You know, like you yeah. can, I, I was thinking about because I was writing something the other day and I was like, you'd almost have to set up early on. You'd have to have a character at the beginning of a movie say, not every question gets answered. Mm-hmm. So that at the end of the movie, if you decide not to answer a question, people don't rebel and say it sucks. Right. You know what I mean? I mean, I think that's yeah. why mm-hmm. it's so satisfying to have answers in stories because we don't get them in real life. So it's like, thank God we have some refuge somewhere. So that's part of why we get so pissed when they're not answered in TV shows. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you're a thousand percent right. I think we need to scratch that itch about reality. Reality mm-hmm. is not narratively satisfying no but yeah. like right that's what that's what makes scary stuff so compelling is the not knowing yeah what is in the woods i don't know to this day that'll yeah. sit with you for the rest of your life but that in a movie true. if you don't go into the woods at some point people just go like well that movie sucks nothing happens right, people right. still complain about not, not seeing anything in the blair witch mm-hmm. they don't get which it which would have been a cardinal sin i oh, know yeah. people witch. don't it get it would have been it. the worst I know. I can't even. You don't show the monster in horror if you can help it. If you can you know, help if it. it's really important, show the monster. But I'd say. Uh, although I will still continue to defend uh, Blair Witch 2016 for showing a monster. I do. Mm. I don't even remember what it looked like. Really? It's like. the. It, I'm going to look it up big, right now. It's a big. Yeah. I'm looking it up now. It's yes. a, a white stretched out thing, basically. Lanky. The, the, the thing's limbs are like, like five oh, shit, and a half yeah. feet tall. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm all right with that. And people okay. flipped out and they That's were like, they showed good. the witch. You're never supposed to show that. And I was like, yeah, but it's a sequel. Right. You no, can't get away without cool. showing anything. No, it's scary. Forever. I don't remember this. This is scary. It's I was going to say that that it sounds like one better. of your worst nightmares, Chelsea. If I remember one of your <laughs> least favorite things are like long, skinny like creatures that like maybe are on four legs or not but very, it's like stilts jim i'm afraid of yeah. people on stilts yeah. really <laughs> they have to be wearing the stilt pants it's yeah. fine if i can see their feet and they're just funny on stilts that doesn't matter but if they look like they have long legs it is uh to the level of phobia really Co- really old sweat heart heart palpitate yeah it's actually not very funny <laughs> no it's very funny it's very funny don't worry yeah. i've i've, <laughs> no, I've got something uh, for you I, I just it's talked about this um, on the on the show a few weeks ago, I think. I, I, I had this idea. I had a thought. I, I went to New York, and then I decided to go to Times Square because it's horrible. And I sat there to write to see just what would happen. <laughs> Almost like when they give a spider mm-hmm. LSD to see what kind of a web it, it'll make. Sure. I didn't you know, know what I'm talking about. Exactly I didn't know like that. that. Exactly I was like, like, I wonder that. what my stories will look like if I'm severely uncomfortable outside. <laughs> Quick question. Have, I, have either of you been to Times Square? 
Have you experienced Mm -hmm. this? Yeah. So I uh, was just like sitting there looking at all the people, looking at everything. And then I started thinking, uh, if ghosts are real, um, just statistically, there'd have to be a ton in New York. Mm -hmm. Statistically, Mm -hmm. with how packed Mm Times Square is, there'd have to be a bunch here right now. And as I thought that, I looked up and there was a person on stilts as the the Statue of Liberty. So like oh, uh, uh, no. that pale green mask, <laughs> oh, the person on stilts turned and made eye contact with me. The second <laughs> that I had the thought, I wonder wow. if there are ghosts here. And I just started going like maybe having that thought right. sends a wavelength out and sure. ghosts go, oh, he's waking up. Yeah. yeah. He's seeing through it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. He created a tulpa. But, but it was horrible. Yeah. They, were like, yeah. they were like, they were like 10 feet tall. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's awful. horrible. Absolute yeah. nightmare. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're not wrong about you. what you're saying. I don't think. You know what I mean? I think like the idea of thought forms. I mean, look at how that has extended potentially through like uh, what we consider being fictional horror and things that scare us into people's real experiences mm-hmm. where they see something and they're like, I can't tell anybody I saw that because it looks yeah. exactly like a movie. They'll think I'm, I'm going fucking nuts. Yes. Yeah. It happens over and over and over again in reports. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Like some of the most interesting stories are when people are like, I did not want to tell this story. Yeah. Yeah. That always makes it feel more valid to me. Yeah. Always. We, always. Uh, we just did an episode about um, uh, monsters in Toronto. Like mm-hmm. We did like Canadian monsters. And there was this story about a guy who said that uh, it was the Cabbage Town Monster. I think it was. Yep. Uh, there was this report. That sounds so Canadian. I know, doesn't it? It was <laughs> named so, so gentle, a vegetable monster. <laughs> so gentle. It was named Cabbage Town because it was a place where a bunch of Irish people lived, and they said it was stinky. Oh well, that's so I mean, know. right now we're in a place where a bunch of Irish people live because the two of us are down here, and I, it is quite stinky. I don't know that I could claim to smell that great right now, but. Uh, um, so this guy, there was this story where he was like, yeah, I was trying to find a cat that I was taking care of. And I, I went down into this uh, tunnel and I saw something down there and it looked at me and it said, go away, go away. And he goes, I don't know who told you this story, but I never wanted to talk about this. I never wanted to mm. talk about this to a reporter. And they changed his name for the paper. They didn't use oh, his real wow. name. There was not, it was like not the case of like, cause so often, like I'll read about stories for the show or something where it's like. Yeah, something horrible happened to me, so I made it a bed and breakfast. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, all right, well, it's sort of. Eh. You don't really mind interacting with it further past your first. <laughs> right. Yeah. It gives it a flavor, <laughs> yeah. I think. Um, yeah. But this guy was like, no, 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 don't even print my real name. And that to me is yeah. gives it far more validity, even if even if I don't believe it. Yeah. But it definitely sure. makes you believe that the guy believes it at the yes. very least. Exactly. I know. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. That's been happening with Euphemet more often than not now. People mm. submitting their stories who are just listeners, just normal folks uh, that have no intention of, you know, sort of releasing a book or writing a movie about it. Well, not that I know of. Yeah. Everyone's trying to write a movie, though. Let's be yeah. honest. Um, but, but you know, th- th- these are folks that are like, hey, I would just rather because of my position in life or whatever and because I'm still dealing with how I feel about saying this publicly. They're like, can I just go by a pseudonym like can you just Mm -hmm. give me a different name and i'd like to remain anonymous and that happens more often than not now yeah and of course you know how good are your pseudonyms terrible (laughs) peter do they get to choose their own (laughs) peter weenie they can and they do yeah you can go by a pseudonym but i get to pick (laughs) 
That's the trade-off. <laughs> Dr. Stinky saw something. That's a pretty good trade-off. That's a, that's a, a great trade-off, I think. They should have done that on Unsolved Mysteries for, like, the shadowy people. Yes. Our dad raised us. Uh, he would be like, all right, we're, we're getting bagels or something or donuts. Um, you guys can split this donut, but one of you cuts yeah. it in half, and then the other one gets to pick which half they want. That, that way, smart? that way, there's not just one person who can cut, cut it and pick the 55 percent <laughs> yeah. or something like that. That's the trade-off. You can uh. drop the real name, but I'm the one who picks mm -hmm. what you are known as forever. <laughs> right. And I've got horrible ideas. <laughs> and maybe everybody else won't know yes. that you're Mary Sausage Link, but you know. Yes. And you don't feel good about it. And you can say, uh, by the way, this is definitely their real name. <laughs> you don't have to tell the audience that it's made up. Right. Yeah. Right. And it's their voice. So people are just like, wow. All oh, right. That's, that's what this person is all about. Okay. I think you have some emails coming your way from me, sir. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jim, you've been super into Outer Range lately. Chelsea, is there anything that you have been watching lately? Well, I'm going to actually go back in the past and talk about something I've been reading, but Please. don't worry, it's not a book. It's not a boring ass book. It Gross. is the first creepypasta, The Cave, or whatever. It's ca something ca about the cave. Yeah, oh. I'm telling you guys. The Wait, let me look. The first creepypasta? Well, that's what, that's, yeah, that's what it claims to be. Yeah, it's called no Ted kidding. the Caver. Yeah. At least it's one of the original, maybe like the first one that, that got popular enough to, you know, spur on other things within its category or something sure. like that. But yeah, it's uh, um, my partner, Miranda, and I, who work, she works on American Hysteria. We've been uh, reading it out loud at night to the soundtrack of The Witch. Oh, my Whoa. God. <laughs> this sounds awesome. Just, just in our bed. It's so great. It started on our anniversary. We were like, we have to do something. Yeah. and. Yeah, I so we've been love doing that. that. And it's been days. It's so long. Chelsea, I love and that. Oh yeah, I bet. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna that. I'm gonna steal that from I'm not even kidding. It, I'm it. gonna steal that. You'll really like this story. It's like it's very long. It's it's descent esque, yeah. but mm. only in that it happens in a cave, really. Sure. There's not a lot of other uh not a lot of other similarities. But yeah, it's about um something's in the cave. It's a long kind of like very, very detailed description of trying to get into this second part of the cave through like drilling through. And it's yeah. just, it goes on and on and on, but it's like the tension, it's like a slow burn, but we haven't gotten bored at all wow. for some reason, even though wow. it's like really technical, but yeah. yeah. And it's Sounds just, like it's like a diary. Show. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like a diary <laughs> format. Skinwalker Ranch back there. Yeah. It does. Yes. <laughs> I, well, I love the uh -huh. idea. I'm obsessed with like trying to find the origin points of things it never even occurred to me to find the first creepy pasta i love that even if it's no. not to your point it may not literally sure. be the first but if everybody sort of agrees this is the this is yeah. the inroad that we had then it's as good as mm -hmm. the first that that's yeah. awesome right yeah and if i'm wrong i might be wrong but i believe that's what miranda told me because she found the story because we were like we're like let's read our favorite creepy pastas and yeah. then i did like um I did like Squid Squidward Suicide. Oh know? my god! <laughs> Wait, I don't. Wow. Know. Do you know about that? Way yeah, I think I do. It's way, it way too dark. Because that's like, the same as like the one. the lost like one Bart's one. death. This <laughs> is creepy pasta. Yeah, I think. it's the same like the same thing. Oh god, it's like a uh, like a Candle Cove. 
and that kind of. We were just talking about this. Candle Cove. That's my favorite creepypasta, I think. Um, It's Candle Cove. It actually channel zero, which I know you guys have watched, right? Yep. No, but I almost Um, interrupted you to say that Chelsea told me about this on channel zero when you were telling me about Candle Cove. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was one of the things that they adapted. Brilliant idea for a show. Creepypastas, Mm -hmm. uh, for anybody who just doesn't know for some reason, creepypastas. It's a ridiculous name for just scary stories that people write on the I internet. Know, it sucks. I know. Ignore the name. It's my, too late, though. Yeah. Well, my you understanding know. is we're that it, there, there were things that people would write that were like so funny, people would just constantly copy and paste them, almost like memes. Mm-hmm. Copy and paste this story. And then copy yep. and paste, copy and paste. It became known as copy pastas. Yep. And then when they yep. started being done with scary stories, they just changed it to creepy pastas. Um, I exactly. used to, this was years ago, year, probably a decade plus ago. Every week I would post a creepypasta that I loved and end it with a picture of like a pig eating potato chips <laughs> as a palate cleanser. And I'd be like, I know you're so scared getting <laughs> to the bottom of the story. Here, here's a picture of like a pug in a hat. You're safe. I used to do that on uh, constantly. <laughs> and I would keep a file of creepypastas I liked. And then I kept another file of crappy pastas, I called them. Mm-hmm. I still have this. <laughs> yeah. And they were just the, Those are good too. the yeah. shittiest, <laughs> the worst ones I've ever read. And it used to be that you didn't even know who wrote these things. Yeah. So you could just sort of share them freely. But as we've learned, you've <laughs> really got to cite your sources these days. These are authors. Yeah. Some of these are incredibly intricately yeah. written stories. Wow. And they're, um, they're amazing. No, um, I, I know yeah. because I, I just wasn't thinking. I was having like a complicated day with my day job and i pulled some creepypastas to read on guides the unknown and then will afterward was like you really we probably need permission for that and i was like oh my god you're absolutely right i wasn't thinking at all and luckily the two people whose stories i read were really cool about it but one of them was like you did really need to ask for this because I could have an exclusivity deal with somebody who wants to read this. And if like it was breached without me knowing it, whatever, I mean, it hadn't even occurred to me. So the riot. Yeah. A little bit. (laughs) So wait, let's talk about candle cove. Then did you say that that's your favorite Chelsea? It's one. I definitely think it's one of my favorites, if not my favorite. It's um, about a. Let's see if I. It's it's about like this dinner party. It's very very short about people recalling a TV show that was on when they were kids. That was like a puppet show, and it's like the reason I like it is because nobody like. And I might be getting the show mixed up. And this might not be in the creepypasta, so feel free to correct me. But it's like the tension of like when you feel like you remember something but it's just outside of your memory because that shit is so scary to me and like you know when you like see a picture especially it just is so especially so with um kids tv shows like you'll see a picture of something you'll remember this show and it's just like like uh eureka's (laughs) castle or like david the gnome these are ones that come like they're just like eerie and you can barely remember them and so it like triggers like forgotten feeling i don't know it's weird mm-hmm. but um that's really what that story sort of captures for me and then if there's like more to it the i don't want to give too much away but yeah that's sure. kind of the heart of it will is there anything worth I, saying uh i think uh uh candle cove is one of those stories that like i knew people loved so i i i tried to get into it but didn't quite ping i think that the thing the great thing about creepypastas to me is that there are just so goddamn many 
that you can you can yeah. probably find <laughs> mm-hmm. one that's going to resonate with you deeply, even if you can't quite put your finger on why. Mm-hmm. Um, the one mm-hmm. that really, mm-hmm. really got me. I tried to read this for um, No Sleep, the podcast No Sleep. I read, um, I narrated a story on that a long time ago. Um, but I initially submitted for this and they were like, we already did that. And I was like, oh, right. I listen every week. I knew that. <laughs> yeah. um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a story called A Game of Flashlight Tag. And there's a particular image that is described in this story that, oh, okay. It's kids all playing uh, in like a little suburbia. They're on a cul-de-sac, or at least this is how I picture, similar to you. When you were saying that, you're like, maybe I'm getting parts of Candle Cove wrong. I'm like, who cares? Mm -hmm. Who cares? (laughs) Right. What folklore is, is like, it lives in the telling. It lives here right now. I know it's on a screen somewhere and there are facts of the story. Not relevant right, right now. Right, I'm telling you this, and we're still going to be creeped out by it, whether it's completely <laughs> accurate or not. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So all these mm-hmm. kids are playing in the backyards on a cul-de-sac. So, you know, I'm we're playing in my backyard, then we run through Mr. Henderson's backyard, and we end up in your backyard over there. And they're playing flashlight tag. So they keep pointing their flashlights at each other and going, you're it, and then having to run from the person with the flashlight. And at a certain point... Um, uh, one of the boundaries of it is you can't go into the woods. We all agree that the playing area is the backyards. You can't go around to the front of the house, no going inside, and you cannot go into the line of trees behind the houses. Um, and of course, the main character does. He's, he's desperate to hide from the flashlight. He ducks just out of sight, and he's hiding in, in the trees. And he hears something behind him. It's like a crunch, foot on dry leaves and twigs snapping. And he turns around thinking that there's somebody there but doesn't see anybody. And then somebody starts calling for him. So he runs out of the trees and he starts playing the game again. And as they're wrapping up for the night, everybody's tired. They realize one of the girls isn't here anymore. They're trying to find her. (laughs) And it starts to escalate. And they eventually go, maybe she went home. So they go to check on her. She did not go home. They cannot find her. Uh, Finally, the parents start getting involved in taking it kind of seriously. So they come out with their flashlights. They're grown-up flashlights. And everybody is (laughs) looking for this girl. And now our main character, he goes back to that line of trees because he remembers hearing the snapping um, of, of branches behind him. And he points his flashlight into the trees and he, sh- he sees her. And the image that's described is among all the trees, he just sees her like peeking out from behind a tree. But she's it's, it's just weird. She's almost like twitching. She's like twitching and shaking, almost like bobbing up and down. And he goes, what are you doing? Quit fooling around. Everybody's looking for you. She doesn't say anything. She just twitches more. And then eventually he just goes like, she's, she's here, but she's being weird. They go in there and, and she was obviously dead. And whoever was in there was basically trying to lure him in by making it seem like she was alive <gasps> to get him to, oh to come in next. That's, that's, scary. that's scary. Basically yeah. where the story ends. But God, it all, all it just like the film for me. You know, I told it to you as a cul-de-sac. Again, I don't know if that's true. Mm-hmm. But when I picture this story, it is where we lived in Missouri. Mm-hmm. I was picturing the same thing, yeah. Yes. I, I, it, oh, it's, wow. It's, it's, <laughs> not, it's not a story reality. It's my life. And I can picture so vividly the image of almost like she's a doll. Mm-hmm. Yes, I mean, wow. just being kind of like jiggled Ugh. and manipulated. Puppeting Ugh. her. I know, right? Uh, that Ugh. is the one that I think of first and Always. I don't know who wrote it. Whoever wrote it is brilliantly. Uh, mm-hmm. they, they just captured something that scared me so deep. A maniac. 
It's yeah. Not, yeah, yeah, they're they're out of their they're minds. A maniac. <laughs> you yeah. want to avoid them, let's, basically. L- let's stay on this unless there's nothing. Jim, yeah. do you have a, a creepy pasta that springs to mind, or do you have any fondness for them? Um, I mean, I do, and I don't. I mean, I don't because it makes my job a little harder. Because mm, yeah. sometimes I get stories, and I go, "This, I don't know about this one." Yeah, and I have to like see if it exists and sometimes <laughs> it does and sometimes it's a creepy pasta yeah and chelsea and i used to get that <laughs> yeah. asked we used to get that asked sometimes about euphemet like how do you choose your stories how do you know they're real and the idea is that you know uh what really matters is that the the witness believes in what they experienced mm-hmm. no matter yeah. what and that there's a transformation that occurs etc when it's just copy and paste and someone is adopting uh, a creepypasta <laughs> as their narrative, right. it gets a little weird, right? Yeah. The, the the intersection that I've been fascinated about as of lately and have been starting to dig into a little bit is when that divide is blurred and that when those narratives, just like a thought form of some sort, almost enter into reality or at least the experiencer's reality. And mm-hmm. so things like uh, the plaid man have been making an appearance in people's dreams uh, since being released as sort of a weird creepy pasta mix of like a slender man meets hat man huh and oh. there's like these they've to to a lot of experiencers in in real life have been appearing as in, in like sort of nighttime visitations and they've been taking over people that have had you know sort of uh, traumatic um, uh, you know, nighttime paranormal visitations, they've been taking the place now of like sort of gray aliens or shadow people. And or so, like, yeah, that's so, so interesting. It's changing the, the nature of how we relate to like whatever this energy is, whether it's psychological or whether it is like something truly unknown. Um, that's been so fascinating to me. And yeah, like the plaid man thing is, is happening everywhere right now. Uh, it's this guy with a, stupid hat on and a plaid shirt and uh looks like beck and he's rolling around um, <laughs> and 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 messing with people's lives and so trying to that's... sell you on scientology <laughs> is beck a scientologist to... yes whoa huh. i see pictures of this what should i look at i know uh, just a picture of yourself chelsea. i was about to oh, say chelsea oh my God. <laughs> i am a plaid man you're wearing plaid <laughs> And you've got you a hat. Can, I, I don't know if I would say it's a stupid time. hat. Um, that'd be just fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Chelsea I, came over again. <laughs> oh, that was fun. Yeah. We finally met in real life. <laughs> it's interesting to think what that. What is it, man? Like the plaid. I was just going to say, what is it about like the, is, is the plaid man, is he tall? Does he have long hand, like long arms and legs or not? Or is he just a regular sometimes. man? Yeah, no. Some, he sometimes uh, is. It, yeah, okay. it sometimes is. It's it's like almost, um, it's like Slenderman-esque, I mm-hmm. think, in, in figure. But Seattle Slenderman? S- Seattle Slenderman. <laughs> Capitol <laughs> Hill Slenderman. <laughs> John Slenderman. Uh, and he has a hat like the hat man, right? But like there's... He's like a he's like a weird uh, fusion of a lot of these different elements. And then the stories that people are experiencing allegedly within real life are sort of like creepypasta stories that have come to life allegedly. And so Mm -hmm. the veracity of these claims, I don't know. But I do know that there is a community 
that is crossing over from creepy pasta into the paranormal now that are saying like guys listen this is what like i know i sound crazy but this is what really happened to me Interesting. having paranormal investigators now starting to take notice going like wait a minute what the fuck is really going on yeah like maybe this isn't just like creepy pasta maybe this is something else and you know over the decades over the centuries over, over for millennia potentially uh, we have had this relationship with the paranormal and uh, and thought forms and manifestation and potentially the phenomena uh, interacting w- with us in ways that uh, it believes that we can understand it. This is mm-hmm. what people have said. This is not my personal beliefs, but this sure. is what people have said. Uh, so if that is truth and we've experienced these things in waves, then why not? Why isn't it that the creepy pasta characters that have invaded people's mind space through popular culture and everything else that have made deep impressions with them are now appearing in place of things like gray aliens? Sure. It's fascinating. That is interesting. Yeah. I, I mean, here's something that's like very like zeitgeisty pop culture, but like I used to think about this when I was a kid and now it's like everywhere in movies, like the multiverse. The, the, mm. the just like oh, the yeah. theory that there are infinite universes where every decision you've made in universe in this universe I made decision A. Mm-hmm. There's another universe out there where I made decision B. It could be something as uh, huge as moving across the country, or not, or it could be as minute as like did I put jelly on that peanut butter sandwich. Right. Every single decision has been born out in another universe. Once somebody creates a character, there must be a universe where that character is real. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a cool idea. Just mathematically. So somebody creates the plaid man here. Even like uh, mm-hmm. uh, we're big fans of Trevor Henderson on uh, Twitter. Does mm-hmm. like incredible artwork and makes monsters and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, created a character that people love right now called Siren Head. Giant lanky oh, wow. thing with a big scary like almost like a tornado alarm siren yeah. kind of shape. Um, oh my God. The second that he made that image, if you believe in the multiverse, there's got to be a universe out there where Siren Head is real. Keep me away from that. <laughs> so every part of the multiverse, every it's a hard single pass. fictional character must exist somewhere if you believe in this theory. Yeah. But the weird thing is, like, did they exist before the artist created them here? Right. Yes. Like, did that idea come to right. them somehow, and then right. they bore it out in a way that was just foretold, basically? Mm-hmm. It channeled this other universe. Yeah. Maybe that's what creativity and now is. Now they're kind of skeptic. Please <laughs> do. Skeptics. By the way, I um, I don't believe in anything. <laughs> no. I don't not believe in anything. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, then you're not the skeptic now. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I know. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, so I would think of it as like just the newest iteration of an old archetype, right? Like Slenderman has, I like to call him Slenderman Slenderman. because of last podcast and it just comes out that way. But um, Slenderman, uh, he is, you know, I don't know what his predecessor would be, either of you have ideas in terms of folklore, but it's just, it's what the key, it's what you read. So you have what, just like say you have a sense that something happened to you uh, that you maybe had this to be boring about it. And then you went to a meeting with a bunch of people who said that they'd been abducted by aliens. Jim, we've talked about this at length. Might then be influenced by those stories to allow this mystery that's happened to you to take 
a form that other people can also communicate to you about. You're like, okay, I was abducted by an alien. Aliens are a thing. Yeah. Now we can talk about both experiencing this thing that otherwise had no form for us. And so I think that that's a uh, pretty interesting. And then, you know, it's, and then it goes the other way where you can like make a story come alive. And Slender Man is the perfect example with the murders that happened, mm -hmm. which right. is sometimes I think we forget that like how wild that was yeah. that that actually, and I mean, not, I'm not trying to go down to a, like a downer note or anything. It's just that like the power of, of even like teenage myth is like so long still and it's never going to go away. It's just going to be weirder because of the internet. Yes. Yeah. yeah just yeah. transforms. Yeah. I, I like that. No, I, I, I mean, it, it's completely true. Like there are two different sides of the same coin of talking about the way that culture affects people yeah. or whether, you know, people affect culture or whatever. I and, think it, it has to be both. Right. Mm -hmm. I think parts of mm -hmm. both of that situation is true because at the end of the day, we are, we are just looking for people are trying to find a narrative device to explain to them something that is happening unknown. Yeah. Whether yeah. that is physically, whether mm -hmm. it's metaphysically, whether it's spiritually, whether it's happening within the multiverse and we're experiencing it within ripples, we're just trying to find some satiate some need we have to explain what our own personal narrative is. And so yeah. it's with these archetypes. Yeah, it feels it, so much better yeah. to have language to explain whatever you're experiencing. So if you find something that relates to what's going on with you, you know, in culture, on the Internet, whatever, uh, other people's stories, like you're going to gravitate toward that because you want that connection and to feel like you're not the only person who experiences. And now you know how to explain it to somebody else. Yeah. I also have to add an addendum real quick, just mm -hmm. for my what I just philosophize there <laughs> as a as a step by. I have to also say that I I I do believe in the experiencer uh, story, and mm -hmm. that I do believe people experience things that they cannot understand, and that we have no idea of how to comprehend, like including ghosts and aliens and everything else. So I will I will put that that that's my I believe I'd like to second that as well because I have plenty of unexplained happenings in my own life and uh don't know shit wait can you tell us one I mean sure give me a category <laughs> give me a ghost I love a classic ghost <laughs> you want a ghost mm -hmm. all right let's see Let's go. We'll go a fun, simple route. I told this one to Sapphire Sandalo, who I think you guys have had yep. on sure. your show probably at some point on her show a while ago. But it was uh, I was at my dad's house with my friend Eli and he was telling me he had been staying there for about a month. My dad's house is like a little creepy. Um, and so we were sitting <laughs> no, there. Yeah, not I know his house. Shut up, Jim, you know, <laughs> not Jim Weber's house. Um, so we were just sitting on the couch. He'd been uh, sleeping out in the living room where there's a big glass door. And uh, he'd been hearing just a lot of weird sounds. My dad's like, it's just the raccoons. They come into the, that part of the house. And, uh, Doesn't help so me, probably, if it's I'm just in the that situation. Yeah. <laughs> I, can, I can explain uh, this one. Yeah. This yeah. is not an unexplained occurrence. I heard that that's Hold what's on. up with those Uf UFO videos, too. It's just raccoons. <laughs> just someone throwing a raccoon and filming it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> flashlight on it. Yeah. <laughs> Their eyes glow in the dark. We, we know that. Just know kids that. being kids, them. playing pranks. <laughs> raccoon kids. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Sorry. Please. Okay. That's all right. <clears throat> you guys are really ruining my suspense here. I know. I, I, I must apologize. On behalf of Guide to the Unknown, we. 
<laughs> we apologize. This is our first time doing this. I don't. Know. Yeah, we don't know what we're doing. They don't know. They don't know. Um, <laughs> they've been living in the attic for so long. In exactly. Um, so then let's see. Yeah, we were sitting on the couch. He was explaining that he had been hearing all these weird things, thought it was raccoons, but, you know, he's also a ghostly believer type person. So we we were just making jokes, everything. And I said, he said, I think it was probably raccoons. And I said, no, it was definitely a ghost. And right when I said it was definitely a ghost, something in the uh, attic went boom. And then you could hear all like the dirt trickle down the wall. And then the cabinet unlatched and opened slowly. Like, it was dope. Awesome. That's <laughs> yeah. great. Yeah, that was classic shit, right? That's classic. awesome. That's the most. That's yep. the most. And there's another witness. Yeah, and you know it's always good when you have someone else there with you. Uh, it's as if the spirit went. Me. You're absolutely right. <laughs> that's exactly what it felt like. I am. And then a ghost. we just like. I mean, we just like. We just yeah. like lost our shit, like jumping on the couch. We're like, no way, man. <laughs> this so, is fucking awesome. That's, a, that's just a little, you know. How can I explain that? What are the chances, huh? Love I know. it. Yeah, see, I think that's why I believe in perception. I believe I believe in like the the moment and the experience, but I'll, I'll have a hard time ever believing that it just exists unless it happens to me. Mm-hmm. We talk about this a lot where it's yeah. like you could show me footage of a ghost. And I'll be like, ah, Photoshop, lens flare, whatever. Yeah, it's hard I, I to... I feel like... But like, I think I'm also so entrenched, there's probably a good chance that, like, the door could blow open and Banshee could scream at me and I'd be like, yeah, but I, like, slept weird last night. <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I might just be too uh, rude. I haven't drank enough water today. Yeah. Yeah, I exactly. I do I do want to... I You know, it's like uh, uh, X-Files. I want to believe. Mm-hmm. Do I? I, mm-hmm. I don't think that I... I don't think I can let myself. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. join, join the club. You know, I think it's a healthy yep. thing to have like yeah. one foot in and one foot out. Right? Yeah. And have mm-hmm. the possibility of being open to certain things, but not necessarily maybe believing in anything at all. Sure. You know, yeah. going back to Robert Anton Wilson, Chapel Perilous talk here, but it's like, you know, you, you, like, <laughs> what? Of course. You, you, you know, <laughs> you, tight. <laughs> Wait, what? we all know what he said don't pretend you didn't know whatever that was yes uh, yes so listen i, yes. I just think i i <clears throat> i think there's the possibility that uh it is a personalized phenomenon yeah right mm-hmm. and that uh sometimes uh, standard documentation might not even in most cases, in, in very many cases, and this is demonstrated by us not having any, uh, yeah. is not available to be captured except for within our own human perception, potentially. So I, I, I you know, I agree, man. I, th- I think there is something to be said about the level of our participation also, I think, engages our level of perception of what this is. Mm-hmm. I, I love that. I love that. thinking about that. I love that. I want to, uh, 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 just to like like dig in on that, uh, I had this idea a long time ago and I keep saying like this, we should do this. We just haven't, we just haven't done it yet. Um, but I love what you just said. And like, we've been, everybody, humans, we've been chasing the idea of life after death mm-hmm. forever, literally, since we've been capable of thinking about it and no one's got anything. 
Yeah. No one's got any evidence. As advanced as our technology is, we got nothing. We got stuff that looks really weird and compelling sometimes. We even shot something that I think is mm-hmm. weird. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, we don't have something that makes you go like, yeah, see, that's Abraham Lincoln. And he said he wishes he had an iPhone. You know, like, he, like we need, like, something that's, like, <laughs> yeah. like a definitive, like, plant your flag. But that's why Zach Bagans, all he can do is yell at the ghosts, mm-hmm. and he doesn't get anything. Um, yes, yeah, so you got to do something else, because you're not going to have, exactly. like, the proof. So I had this thought a while ago. Anytime I heard a ghost story, a lot of the time, it was somebody being like, oh, yeah, Mildred and I went to Cape May, and I was sitting on the potty, and she was packing the bags. And then the, the closet door slammed open. And it's like, okay, you weren't paying attention. You were doing two different things. You were on the potty. We heard you. We heard you. I you want to know distracted. more about that, but we'll talk about yeah. the other thing first. Um, <laughs> and then and then somebody goes like, that's interesting. That's interesting. Okay, we'll get to the bottom of this. And they come in and they point the camera at the, the closet. And they go, all right, we're here now, ghost. Do it again. <laughs> no. No. Yeah. The ghost uh-huh. is there, theoretically, when you're not hyper-focused on it. Mm-hmm. When you're not hyper focused, mm-hmm. I want to do a travel show. I want to do a ghost show where Kristen and I go somewhere for a quote unquote ghost investigation. At best, at best, we put an EMF reader on the table in front of us and sit and tell the story of the haunting in the haunted house. Right. And hope mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that it happens in the margins. It happens and that, in that your, catches it. Yeah. Because we're not going to. It so happens in your peripheral be... vision. Focused mm-hmm. elsewhere. It does not happen when you're looking at it. It happens mm-hmm. to the side. That's yeah. my theory, if it happens at all. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I know. I think it would be fun to do. It's fascinating. You might really rile them up by telling their story wrong. Oh, and if I mean? <laughs> that's yeah, true. There, there's that too. And then not true. And then if it doesn't work, I can always fall back onto the Zach Bagans playbook of just being like, I'll kick your ass, you you start stupid ghost. Screaming. <laughs> Come at me, ghost. Yeah. Are you alluding to the idea that? Paranormal television might not be uh, the best way to uh, study or uh, interpret things. I would never. That's my next. I would flat out say <laughs> it's my old man joke. I wouldn't allude to it. I'd say it. Yeah. <laughs> Scream it from the rooftop. Yeah. Um, all right, do, Kristen. Last thing. Do, do you have a creepy pasta that springs to mind? Yeah, I really like the search and rescue creepy pastas. Like, yeah. I really do. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, there are. So there's. I guess I wouldn't even say it's a threat. I think it's it's a continuing story of somebody who says that they are a park ranger, and here are different things that I've encountered out in the wild that are weird or unexplainable. And one of my favorite things from that is this image of um, seeing a staircase in the middle yes. of the woods with nothing else this. around it. Isn't is that in Channel Zero? Yeah, there's a Channel Zero about this one. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I it's, love that one. Good. I love thinking about just it's a staircase good. out of nowhere just in the middle of the woods. Yeah. So that's one of my faves. That is weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. All right, I just wanted to like get recommendations out there almost. Yeah. And I could probably just sit around mm-hmm. talking about creepypastas all day. I know. I'm very excited to look up the plaid man now. I, I know. had never heard yeah. of that before. No, I Googled it and I got yeah. Kurt Russell uh, like modeling for Wrangler <laughs> or something. Yeah, yeah. mullet. Yeah, exactly. Nothing but respect for my plaid man. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for us here. Thank you both so much for hanging out with us. Thank you. Oh, anytime. Thank you. Just talking about spooky stuff, just having fun. You guys did real good for your first interview ever. Oh, thank you. I think so too. Oh, that means a lot. Uh, Jim, where where can we find you from at? 
You can find everything at euphomet.com, spelled E-U-P-H-O-M-E-T, and I'm on social media at It's Jim Perry. Nice. Chelsea, American Hysteria. Uh, yes, American Hysteria. You can get it on your podcast apps and you can find us on social media. Let's see, at American Hysteria Podcast on Instagram and at Amer Hysteria on Twitter. Both accounts that Kristen set up, right? I did. All those years ago? Yes. Yeah, I know, because wow. I didn't know the password the other day and I was like, whoa, real estate <laughs> made the password, but I figured it out. <laughs> okay, good. I definitely don't Yeah, remember. Kristen just uses password. <laughs> no. you, can, you can guess Kristen's password. Perfect, perfect. Password one. <laughs> yeah, right. That's good. Mm-hmm. Everybody hack me yeah um <laughs> thank all right, you everybody. so much it was so nice to hang out for a little while i just so enjoy nice. the hell out of both of you so this was super nice and it was a long time jim last yeah. time i talked to you i ghosted you for two years <gasps> william <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean I, I told jim that i was gonna write something and send it to him i just never did oh william i know and then and then every time i looked at the clock i was like now it's five more minutes and i haven't done it and then it got so long that i was just like Maybe he forgot. <laughs> That's how I haunt people. Yeah, exactly. Uh, inquire about their, the, the, about sending me things. And then I, I like to loom in their brain space. Yeah, Jim, I've been thinking about you literally all day, every day for two yeah. and a half years. You're going to dream about <laughs> Jim in plaid tonight. Oh, my He's God. He's wearing a hat. <laughs> <laughs> my hat, man. Oh, no. All right, everybody. You can Thank dream. you. <laughs> Bye, guys. Thank Bye, you so guys. much. Thank Bye, everybody. you. Right. Well, there you go. All right. Yeah. Uh, that was our conversation with Jim Perry of Euphemet. Yes. Chelsea Weber Smith of American Hysteria. Yep. Um, M- much adored pod friends. Yeah. Super fun to, to talk to them. Hope you enjoyed that, everybody. Yep. Uh, if there's anybody else that you want us to talk to, feel free to reach out to us or, mm-hmm. quite frankly, reach out to them. Yeah. And ask if they have any interest in uh, talking about what they've been into. And it's just a good time. Right. All right, everybody. Patreon.com slash GTTU pod if you want to dig into more from us every single week and support the show. Mm-hmm. And the, the main episodes of Guide to the Unknown, you know, hundreds of topics we yep. have covered. Uh, true stories behind horror movies, cryptids, monsters. Yeah, legends of all stripe. Yes, go check those out as well. And uh, thanks again to Jim and Chelsea. Yes. We'll see you all next week, everybody, for more scary stories. But until that time comes, we must travel. Back to the netherworld. Go away. Beautiful. Gorgeous. Beautiful. Mm. <laughs> mm. Mm. Like mm. a fine meal. Afterward, yes. you're just... Mm. Mm. What a sampling. <laughs> <laughs>